They don't include my bad jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to a bonus episode of Wood Creek Communications, the Cybersecurity Session. I'm your host and council member, Radon Tilly. Citizens of Wood Creek are welcome on the second Thursday each month for the main communications meeting, 6.30 p.m. at City Hall. For this meeting on May 22nd, between monthly meetings, I sat down with City Manager Brenton Lewis, Heart of Texas IT owners Dave Lynch and Casey Massey, and Wood Creek citizen Chris Grummert. As you'll hear, this bonus meeting had the single focus of creating a cybersecurity policy for the city of Wood Creek. Charge is to develop a cybersecurity policy for the city of Wood Creek. Okay. That's it. Um, there's like a five page detailed template that is very boilerplate. None of it is specific to Wood Creek. So, um, in the way that we took a, what was it, 13 pages or so, City of Austin policy and boiled it down to one page for Wood Creek on social media, mm-hmm. hoping to do something similar here. The idea is not to put a policy out there that says, you know, this is every last little step that we're doing, but to talk about in the way that council makes policy and doesn't handle implementation, this is a policy, it's not how we're going to implement it necessarily. Yes, and that's what I thought was going on, is that we were just coming up with like a generalized, these are the things that we want to make sure are being done, not exactly like the step-by-step how to do them. Right. So I will say, I feel like we have three steps. We need to assess currently what we have going on, and if that's all we get done today, that's great. Then I feel like we need to develop what we want to be preferred policies, and then the third part would be you know, taking care of that delta. Whatever in the current assessment is not there in the preferred, you know, how are we going to get from here to there? Okay. So the first thing is the structure of how cybersecurity, how, how data security, digital files are secure for the city of Wood Creek, what the structure is as far as responsibility and accountability. All of your data is uh-huh. backed up here locally, not without getting too crazy with it, but it's backed up with a separate account uh-huh. that no one has access to, okay, except the backups. Right. So even if someone, if his account was to get hacked and someone uh-huh. got it, they still would not have access to the backups. Okay. So it's offsite from where the rest. Of I haven't is. even. Yes, it is, but that's locally as well. So there's a device back there that keeps uh-huh. those backups locally, and it's on a separate account. And meaning if they got Brenton's credentials for some reason, it wouldn't work to access the backup, because it's a different set of credentials. Okay. And so that's the way like the crypto viruses work, right? right they right. get someone's credentials because they click on it, and whatever they have access to, uh-huh. that gets encrypted. Uh-huh. Shared files, all that kind of stuff. So we use a completely separate account that is okay. only used for that one, so it's not going to ever get because no one uses it except the backup software. Uh-huh. So even if someone was to get So that's how we would handle it locally. But then at night, every night, the files get sent off-site as well. Oh, okay. So, so it's a daily off-site. Uh-huh. So well, for some reason, they were to gain access to that external drive in there, and it was to encrypt the external drive, you could still go to the off-site backup and pull, uh-huh. pull the data back. Yeah. Okay. And if for some reason it got encrypted, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if for some reason it got encrypted, and that encrypted data got backed up on-site and off-site, there are versions of that backup as well that you could go back to, is that correct? 
Yes, and the software monitors the backups. Okay. Like it goes through and verifies that all the files, like once a week, it goes through and verifies all the files aren't corrupt. Mm -hmm. You know, like all the old ones, it, okay, all those are still correct. And then in addition to that, it also monitors the backups and tells us, hey, something changed or we didn't receive the file. Okay. Like if, if it doesn't get one overnight, it'll email us and say, for whatever reason, I didn't get a file last night. And we can log in and see why it didn't do that. Okay. And also the backups are encrypted. Like as soon as on the fly, they're mm -hmm. encrypted locally and then they're encrypted offsite. Okay. So this, this is all only digital, as it does, is it the city's responsibility to take hard copy paper, digitize it? So what we back up is the computer systems. Mm -hmm. The actual city documents is stored by document the logistics. logistics, which is an application on one of the computers that we do back up. As far as like digitizing the papers and putting it in the computer space, we don't do that. Right. Correct, yeah. Okay. As far as as what we're required to do, as far as you know, Brenton, does that does that satisfy what we're required to do? There's no I think so. Shortages at work. Yeah. yeah. Because we have the on site, we have the off site in case City Hall burns down. Uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. So everything's there. Uh-huh. And you know, we're putting all of our <laughs> we're relying on them to make sure it all works. Right. But yeah. You know, it seems like it's been working out great too. Mm -hmm. So do you have the who audits to make sure that certain needs are met by the city? As in, like, let's say that the city wishes, okay, we, we want to make sure that these are backed up. And these, is there anyone overseeing that outside of you? Or like, is there anything in the city that's doing, or is it just, hey, this is our contract, this is how it happens, we expect this to happen, you're doing it? Do we have any oversight? Is that what you're asking? Sounds like it. Yeah. 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 Essentially. No. Okay. So if the city's contract was, we want A, B, and C done. You're just automatically doing it, but nobody's there saying, hey, did you do A, B, and C? Correct. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We do for some clients as well, we'll just do like every quarter or however they want. We just randomly spin up a backup. Some of them have requirements that require that kind of oversight as well. Like they're just like, mount this backup and give me a file. Five random files yeah. or something, yeah. Yeah, you've anticipated one of the questions about, a, about an annual audit. In larger cities, it seems, do an annual cybersecurity or digital files audit mm -hmm. on the same schedule as they do the financial audit, because we do an annual audit for finance. Okay. And that, I would imagine, having just heard what we've heard so far, that's probably going to be one of the recommendations that come out of this, is that we have a third-party audit just, and it's... It protects you. <laughs> oh, okay. it protects us. You know. I mean, there's no problem with that. And like yeah. I said, we have several clients where we do. It's not really an external party, like a third party that does it. But there's like a checklist of like stuff to like, hey, you know, we want to see our backups mm -hmm. and just different items, mm -hmm. and we just provide that to them at, you know, at a meeting or whatever when they want to do it. And I'm not looking to hear any numbers, but while we're on the topic of that kind of sort of contractual stuff. I was surprised to hear that y'all don't have any kind of ongoing contract with the city, that it's on an as-needed basis? That's the way we do all of our stuff. Okay. Um, because we don't want, I, I mean, we want whoever our clients are to feel like we're earning it uh -huh. every month. You know, we're not 
hey, here's a three-year contract, and then you sign the three-year contract. Mm -hmm. and If you want out, it's thousands of dollars. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, we're not. So we don't. We just don't do contracts so it's just in a, general. So just a monthly billing it's monthly. for services rendered in the previous month. Mm -hmm. We decided we wanted to take our backup over to ABC Company. That's fine. Correct. Next month. Mm -hmm. And it also so, allows some flexibility in, such as to add an annual. Right. It, it adds that a flexibility of like we, the city can change what services we're asking in addition mm -hmm. to. Correct. Right. Yes. Versus a contract of three years, you, we might have to wait. <laughs> yes, and and I mean we, like I said, we just don't feel that we we need contracts. Yes, and we we do allow people to add and subtract mm -hmm. as requested. Yeah. So I guess that kind of addresses the question of any physical vulnerabilities we may have as far as infrastructure, uh, any redundancy that's being taken care of through the encryption and the backups. Correct. Okay. So one thing that I would recommend, and this is just like currently getting to be the status quo mm -hmm. um, to, based on hardware requirements, right. um, is that all the computers are encrypted. Mm -hmm. um, as a physical... If somebody were to steal a computer, that's a physical problem. So right. like on our end, all the backups are encrypted. Mm -hmm. But if somebody just breaks in and steals one of the computers out of the office, that is not encrypted. Meaning if they were to strip the hard drive out of it and try to get the data, I mean, they could, they could gain access to the data that way. If they were to physically steal the hard drive and have a means to plug it up and pull data, which is really just you know, a couple cables. Yeah. So is that something, because I know that... Uh, in one of the recent updates, I mean, we're on a, what, what is the file system here of Windows? NTFS. 10. 10. 10. Windows 10. Okay, so I'm, I'm on the Macintosh operating system. I mean, theirs is also 10 at this version, 10.16 or whatever. But, right. but they have disk encryption that if, if this is ever taken, it's dead. I mean, they can't, they can't rip the disk out and get anything off of it. Correct. As, as I understand it. Mm -hmm. And so the Windows 10 Professional does as well, which they have that operating system here as well. So you can that do it one correct. of two ways. You can use the built-in Windows 10 encryption. It's called BitLocker. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And you can encrypt the hard drive through Windows. The downside to doing it that way, and I, I, I'm not a big fan, is once it's encrypted, they give you an encryption key and you have to keep track of that somewhere, whether that be on your server or in your pocket or something. Mm -hmm. If you lose that, I mean, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah. Because we've had, we've had, we used to encrypt a bunch of machines up in Austin for companies, not us, but our previous company. And if you lose those encryption keys, you're dead in the water. Uh -huh. um, you can do it that way. You can do the built-in BitLocker, or we have a third-party service we use, and it's a managed encryption. Okay. Um, so that once they are encrypted, we actually have a managed dashboard. We can manage the encryption keys. They can be backed up. Okay. You're not going to lose it in a fire or drop it out of your pocket. Does the city currently have that? No. The, des the desktop encryption, no. 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 And like Dave said, it's starting to become more, I mean, no, to the point now where everybody's trying to steal everybody's data. I mean, we're going to start recommending at some point that, you know, every machine you have, and especially if they're mobile, mm -hmm. laptops and whatnot are encrypted. Kind of in the same topic as far as institutional continuity, if there were a fire or if something were to happen to you all. I understand that, that you have universal access. Do we have redundancy, checks and balances? 
do we have any information that you guys don't have? Is that what you're no, asking? No, I'm talking about uh, access to the systems, the computer systems that the city has. If we went away and nobody could access our account on the machines, is there a separate account they could get in with? Right. Kind of thing. Sure. Yes. And I mean, it's already set up that way. So we use our own, our own account when we log in just for tracking purposes and so that we don't know somebody else's password. And we don't know... As a general rule, we try not to get people's passwords, even if they try to give it to us, because <laughs> we don't want people's passwords. That's why we have our own account. So there would be like nothing that you would not have access to if, if we disappeared. Okay, but as far as the Office 365 or all of the physical files here, is there anything you don't have access to? No, I don't think so. So everything is protected. Is that the underlying question? Well, there's also the hierarchy of levels of access so that, for, for instance, you don't want me to have any more access than my own email account. Mm -hmm. Anything else, it's either something that I have to act as a citizen and make a public information request, or it's something that is regular city business and I can request it through the city secretary or through the city manager. Okay, I see what you're asking me now. Yeah. Um, limits on our access to yours. We don't have an account for document logistics. Okay. The people that have all of your actual documents stored, okay. we don't have access to that. We don't have access to the email accounts. We have access to manage the accounts. Like we can change your password if you forget your password. Okay. Or disable the account, turn the accounts on, add an account. We do not have access into the account. And that's why we don't want to know people's passwords. Like, right. as admins, we can't see inside the mail account without their password. Right. I can't just say, hey, I want to see Brenton's emails. Okay. Question. Yeah. In this vein, if council member A wants to check into a document that's not in their email, but is maybe a city document of some sort, is there a tag at all or a, a identifying mark that such and such document was seen by? Accessed. Access by at such and such date. Well, they don't have so, access. Don't that's have what access. I was going to say. So that's that's more of like a an internal process for you guys to work out. Mm -hmm. But as far as I know, I, they well, don't have access. No. Period. Without asking someone. For you you have to ask somebody up here to get access. And who who's asking? Well, I saw Radon calls up and he says, "Can I see <laughs> whatever some document?" Is there a, is there a, a Try to exclude you. This is a city question, I guess. Um, <laughs> okay. Is there a, a structure or anything? There's a process. And so if Radon asks for um, all the communication with Aqua Texas from this date to this date, mm -hmm. and we find what, you know, specific documents that he's looking for, who would be either um, Linda or myself. And then we have record of what he asked for, just like if you as a citizen asked for the documents. Okay. So you and Linda have the complete access, I guess? To, to the actual documents of the city. Right. And then I guess Maureen does too. As but they're not, trainer. they're not tagged as being seen on such and such date. Through the public information request or our log as to what people have asked for, it'll yeah. show and not that. a digital marker. No. no. So you personally, I'm not, there's no. no accusation, it's just that you personally could go look at a document and it wouldn't represent there was a little tag seen at such and such date. Well, that, well, what, what kind of document for, are you asking? No, city document. Well, city document, I, I can pull up, you know, the minutes. I can pull up those things. I can pull up the correspondence that I had with 
uh, architects is I can't pull up what Linda had if she had any. I just guess if there was a marker. Because uh, no. I know uh, that when well, I... Well, I, I would think... Now, this is a document logistics question. Because, mm -hmm. okay. I, I mean, we don't have... But I would assume that they have an audit trail mm -hmm. as well. Like, who accesses the document? Whether... Why he accessed the document isn't going to be in there. Mm -hmm. But it, it should every time someone opens yeah. the document. Tag That's that like a question in the document. I was asking. Okay. There should be an audit. Yeah, and, and the thing is, we're getting ready, we're looking at an upgrade on our document logistics right now. Yeah. I'm sorry, another... We're looking at an upgrade. Oh, an we're, upgrade. We're operating off an older software. And just to kind of circle back here, what all does document logistics do and provide? Well, they provide, what we do is we scan in every document that we have now. We're supposed to be going backwards and scanning it in. As time, time allows. Yeah. Right. As time allows. <laughs> so so any, any document we get where like somebody filed to be on planning and zoning, uh -huh. it's scanned in right. and placed into a file. And then it can be word searched for anything that you want to anybody that has applied for PNC or whatever it is. And it'll pull up all those documents. So it does an optical character recognition mm -hmm. yep. on the scan? Yep. And so is that that's localized at the city secretary? Well, it's, it's, we have access. You too. Well, and actually, I, I've never been in the program, so. Okay. <laughs> but technically, you have access. Technically, I have access. But if a, a, a citizen wants to do a, a FOIA request, all documents are in one server that she can search. If it's from the day we start document logistics. Correct. Yeah. If it's before document logistics, it's all hard copies. Are all council members' emails accounts going into that? No. No, document logistics is just managed here on site. Okay. And all we do is scan in documents that we received. Is that something you would do? Is My goal, I think, is a good goal, is all council members that are using their official email account get funneled into a server so that FOIA requests open records has a one location for it so is that a we have recently implemented that oh and i don't remember i don't remember how long ago but there is there's now a journaling email box where everything goes well this is a this has been kind of a natural transition into what i would call public information act questions ah. <laughs> so so let's let's just keep moving forward along this line because I think one thing, and you've touched on it, speaking as a council member, I understand my email, the other council members, we understand that's public record. At the same time, we would like to know that we have a reasonable expectation of, I guess what you would call in the moment, temporal privacy, mm -hmm. that the email is only accessed when there's a legitimate reason. Right. And, there's, yeah. there's a and, that, and that's the way it's set up. And we would go through them. Yeah. And nobody and else has access to the system. Definite audit trail this. of any, mm -hmm. any searches that are done through the email boxes, everything like that is, there's, a, there's a trail. Okay. You can see yeah. who did it. And so it's there for all time. So even if somebody decided, hey, I'm out of here and I'm going to wipe my box, once it's in that journaling box, it's right. in, it cannot be deleted. Correct. And nobody else, even, even the city manager himself, does not have access to it, only us, mm -hmm. and that can be requested. If there's an open records request or something, we can use that system to 
pull records up. But it's not like it's not a clear view thing. Like we can't just see all the mail accounts and all the mail in them. Right. It's more it's archived away and we can search it. It's searchable. Searchable. Right. So by search terms, someone to continue with the Aquatexas, if somebody said we want Aquatexas correspondence from all the council members. Mm-hmm. You you can be as specific or as generic nice. as you yeah. And if it's judged to be a valid public mm-hmm. information request, then you would make that search, mm-hmm. and then that would be generated as a report. Mm-hmm. Um, as a you file. would do the search, or it would no? They would do the search. They, we would do the search. You do the search, not the city secretary. Right. We don't. No. So we, if I, if we I can just change just, that as well. We okay. can't provide access, but, yeah. but currently they asked to have no access, and only we manage that. So if I, as a citizen, did a FOIA request for eight, everything talked about AT. I present it to the city secretary. She forwards it to you. After yeah. it's and basically, so what would happen is then we would say we would ask for a more defined search because you don't want my FOIA would be really specific. I know, but so, <laughs> but then and, it, and so um, then we would forward it to them, and they would do the search. They would create the, the documents, and then they would create give it back to us because we have to keep record of who has requested that. And what was it delivered to them? Which gets then folded back in. And it goes back to whoever the request was. Yeah. Yeah. Because when we go through that, we have to say, okay, we have to estimate the time. You know, like if they're charged us $200 an hour, we have to show that you're responsible for that cost. Correct. We have to show, estimate the number of pages. If you want it as a soft copy or hard copy. But if now, let's say I... As a citizen, mm-hmm. I requested a very specific document, saying, "Ray Don on May, or March 23rd created an email in regards to the issue of AT." You know, like it was that specific. Does the city secretary have immediate access to? No, that? we still would have to go through them for emails. So there's still a fee attached now. Right, there is. Now, so, now, but if you ask for a specific document that, uh, so you wanted to see Aqua Texas's contract, mm-hmm. we wouldn't even be talking about that. Because that's, it's not an email, contract. Right. it's not communications, it's... Right, it'd be coming through us, and we'd document. have access to it. Right. Okay. Okay. I'm just trying to think from a citizen's point of view of lessening roadblocks, and fees can become a roadblock. Right. Well, as I mean, from a citizen, as, as sure. we said, you can, we can, whoever, somebody can be designated a person that has access to that, and we can do that here. Yes. Right. So all that, if that particular server of documents and emails and communications could be accessed here, mm-hmm. and you could create that system. Mm-hmm. And did you say you're heading towards that? No. no. That that is that's just that is done right now. Right. Okay. No, I mean you guys have that right now. It's already the only thing that's not currently set up is someone in this office having access to do it themselves. Because of what happened to my predecessor's predecessor, no one wants to have access. Yeah, that was requested to only because they wanted the backup, but but only give us access to nobody else. Mm -hmm. So there's no questions. So if I could, for the sake of trying to simplify these things, if I understand it correctly, a city council member has access to his or her own email, mm-hmm. and that's it. Anything mm-hmm. else has to be requested unless we can access it directly from the website. Right. Yeah. Right. Sounds like city staff are all on an equal plane. Mm-hmm. And you have access to your own personal email 
my own city email. I mean, your own team. <laughs> I have it on my personal too, but, but, right. I, but I cannot. Act, I do not have access to Linda's. Right. That's it. Okay. Yeah. That's the distinction within the city staff. Mm-hmm. But then you also have access to all the locally handled city files, right? Which are stored and regularly mm-hmm. used here right. and backed up daily. Correct. Mm-hmm. Offset. Correct. All city staff, not you, as in you personally. Right. So, so, uh, all city staff is on the same plane. They right. all have the same document. Right. Is there anything that simplicity sort of passes over that, that should be added? Or? No. I mean, I, I mentioned it earlier, but also we don't have any access to anyone's email. Mm-hmm. I mean, all we can do is change the passwords right. or shut it off, turn it on. We have admin access, but not like visual access. I can't log in and see what emails Brent mm-hmm. sent today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And then when you're given a FOIA request, you can pull the documents. So that's a, that's a separate system mm-hmm. that, that has all that a journaling box, which basically any emails going in and out of the Exchange server are stored in this box. Okay. So I have access to that box to do a search, but it's going to have an audit trail mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know, I went and searched Aqua, Texas at this date, and these were the requests that I put in. In the annual audit, is that doc, would that be documentation, the audit trail? Would that be documentation given to the city? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's not even something that needs to be like a once a year item. I mean, we can send that request back like in a log whenever they say, hey, pull these records. I mean, we can just send that back with the records. Now, as a council member, as far as I know, no one's ever asked for anything from me. No, they have not. The, so, the only email I've ever gotten requesting anything from an elected official, and it just it just happened recently, and I, they hit a lot of the small cities, and the email was from ironman86 at gmail.com, I think is what it was. But it was. It looked like it was just a fishing effort to see if people would respond back to him, because Wimberley got hit and some of the other smaller communities. Is this where it asked for everything in the last week? Yes. Yeah. Because I was just I was just at a TML yeah. event where that was mentioned. Yeah. And so we spent sent back the the generic response. Can you please you know specify the dates instead of the last week and you know, uh-huh. things like that. Okay. And that was that was the only thing I've ever gotten for, as a request for a council members or elected officials or anybody's email. The follow-up question to that would be, if there is a Public Information Act request mm-hmm. that does touch on my email, is that something I'm notified? That would be City Secretary, if yeah. I understand. She would reach out to you. Well, would the, a Public Information Request, I'm assuming I can't you control, control it. It would seem that I would at least be notified. Well, that you'd be notified also to create, to Make sure that you have given the documents. It's like a back. Well, and the thing I've is, plenty of okay, but what gets much So, on a public information request, if somebody says, uh, "I would like to know Councilmember Tilly's all of his emails related to Aqua Texas," mm-hmm. now that's not only for what the city has, right? That's any personal email too. True. Any and all communications. Any and all communications. Right. That's how I word them. Regarding, yeah. regarding, <laughs> regarding, city, regarding that yeah. request. Except yeah. he does have personal email accounts that I believe 
wouldn't be counted. No, if, it, if he has emailed you about Aquatexas on his personal email account, huh? it is for you. Yeah, that's discoverable. And I understand that to be the case. I've yeah. never received any of that. I know, but see, but that yeah, is, and, and that's what every, you know, even yeah. if somebody wanted to see my personal email accounts, you know, I've already talked to IT about it. They know how to you know, research it on my phone. <laughs> but you, that is you research his phone? No, if, if I had a FOIA, oh, okay. I, I would be, you know, reaching out to them to, with, to figure out. Yeah, okay. to pull it off from all, all, all the emails that I have because I do carry my city phone. My, well, all my emails from the city comes in on my personal cell phone. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of like where the gray area. Yeah, is. So when you're mixing the personal and the business. Yeah, but they would be per, they, they would be more for just city. But if I had used my Gmail account to talk to Ray Don about Aqua because I I made a mistake and it was on the wrong account, yeah. then I would have to furnish that for my Gmail account too. So I, as a person, was talking to a council member and I go, I want this and this and this and this to happen with AT and. His response was, we don't talk here on my personal account about this. That particular conversation would be something responsible for him. To first to us. If, if there a third a party comes along and goes, I want all, any and all communication yes. from this council person. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> and maybe that should be in the policy where council members are required. Well, and they need to understand that's the case, even though it's, it's already been made clear through the public information, yeah. Act, which we have to do the hours training every right. year. Do you have tools that allow you to search for that so that we are not responsible for doing our own searching? Because that seems like a pretty severe conflict of interest there. Yeah. <laughs> On your personal stuff, no, we have no, no way of doing that. That was my next comment. Was I, I don't really know from the city's perspective how you guys are supposed to audit that. Enforce well, I mean, we, that's the honor system. That's why they go delete their email. I mean, if, if I had a request came in like that, I would reach out to you and say, we have this request. On your about your personal emails or uh-huh. anything on your personal computer, anything else? Yeah, that do you have anything relating to AT? That's a sloppy for you. <laughs> but uh, do you have anything? Sloppy, well, but basically, yeah, or yeah, but I would ask for more of a definite time for the dates and things like that yeah. because you can make them get down to the nitty gritty. But the thing is that anything that Radon generates that has to do with city business is open to for you. But back but to you. that's why. Right. This exists. <laughs> well, that's why we started out with the tablets. Right. So everybody would have one access to their emails and anything that was going on that the city provided. So the city provides tablets? We did, but then everybody got upset with them. Well, there's <laughs> a goal. Because we've been, we've been working we there for you as well, knowing that there's city tablets. On our end, mm. it, there's no difference. No. Okay. Right? So it's really given the council persons a opportunity to strictly keep mm-hmm. their business right. separate from their personal yeah. without it accidentally getting emailed. Right. And we, what we did, we were furnishing the, the tablets so that they could access agendas. They could access everything that had to do with city business on, on one device. That wasn't theirs. But, but that was not theirs. It's actually, and we Citizen still have trees. Yeah, we still have them. Yeah, I don't know how you audit the personal side of that. I mean, I don't. No, it's all. It's basically yeah. it. And we talked about it at the last council meeting too about anything, Facebook accounts, anything that if somebody represents themselves as a council member or elected official on Facebook, that is supposed to be stored for 
basically eternity or right. until the, you know we can you know, dispose of it. So if Ray Don doesn't run for re-election, but he should turn over all of his accounts that he's ever done for the city, Facebook, and everything else, so we would put it into the storage here in case somebody asks for it. Mm -hmm. But his personal account, his personal Facebook account. If it has anything to do with this, if he comments on Aqua Texas on his Facebook account, it is open to FOIA. Mm -hmm. I understand that to be the case. It's mm -hmm. not the particular email account. It's not the particular social media presence. Mm -hmm. It is the subject matter discussed. Right. Okay. And the person discussing it. <laughs> and the person, and the person yeah. discussing it. Right. And that's why you never see a post on my Facebook account. <laughs> <laughs> so really, to be a public official, it's rough. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing kind of in this realm is people who are not elected officials or employed city staff, but who have, say, a relationship with the city, yourselves, mm -hmm. being as a contractor or consultant. You're a special case in the sense that you have a particular relationship to the data of the city, you know, managing the data. But an ordinary contractor, say, you know, road construction company or anybody else who deals with the city as an outside vendor, what is their access? None. None. Okay. Yeah. They would fall under just like the general public. Right. So they submit a request mm -hmm. to get certain documents that they need to in order to build their building or whatever. Correct. Right. If they're a contractor. If they're a contractor, if they're, if they're a road contractor, even you know, like her, you know, we have all the documents, and they're also backed up now on, on, the other system, on our system. If they wanted something, they would have to do a public information request on it. Well, uh, I think we have covered most of the kind of big picture questions that I had. There's just what I think of as almost not, well, they are policy. Devices, handling of emails, passwords, handling of data, and remote access. All of this being how individuals, be they staff or elected officials, how they handle, go about doing their business, how they handle digital files. I would assume you would concur on devices, you know, be sure you've got good passwords, that you're running mm -hmm. any virus, uh, you always use a secure connection. Mm -hmm. um, I have disk encryption, it sounds like that's something that we maybe are not using, but may want to mm -hmm. start using. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Any other thoughts on devices? Um, just as like an FYI, um, when you install the Office 365 email, one of the things that pops up is it says, do you authorize the administrator of this account to have access to wipe this device? Mm -hmm. The entire device? The device, yes. <laughs> and so as, as a security feature, and we've used it several times, and you've got your phone, or a tablet, and you lose it, or it's stolen, uh -huh. you call us, and we can wipe it. Right. That one singular device. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and you, as an individual with an account, can actually do it as well. Like, you can log into your email account and go over to the devices, and it'll show you all the devices that have your email on it. And you can click that device and just say, wipe it. Mm -hmm. And it will wipe the device. So the device is wiped, but the documents are still in existence. Correct. Right, the account's still there. And even for some reason, the account magically blew away in the wind. That's what that journaling box is for as well. It would still retain all that information. Yeah. Okay, to take a specific example, I may want to change the way I do things. I have my phone set so that it can access, it can, I can see my email, but I cannot reply. I cannot, I cannot access the woodcreektx.gov what is it, SMTP, mm -hmm. the, the email server, because 
again, anything on city business, I want to be going off of this device. The phone is only a window to see. If there's an email that I see on my phone, it's also coming in on this, mm -hmm. and so if I'm going to reply to it, it's going to be here. Okay. I mean, that's not hurting anything to have it set up that way. Okay. Uh, but it does not sound like it's set up through Office 365. No, it's set up through Apple Mail. Right. Right. So that will not give access to wipe the device. Okay. That's actually what I would like to hear. Is <laughs> yes, but then you also have all of your emails on your phone. Yeah, uh -huh. what he's saying is if you suddenly lose your phone, right, and I somehow magically figure out your password to your phone, uh -huh. I now have access to all your emails. I can't respond or anything, but I right. have access to them. And that's my and that's my liability, and that's my responsibility, and I I understand and willingly okay. take. I was going to say, even though you don't send from your phone necessarily, if you went to the sent box on the phone, I assume the sent mail would still be there, right? Mm -hmm. the sure. Server, it there. shows okay. up. Okay. It shows up. It's. But if I act, and this has happened a couple of times where I will unthinkingly just, you know, try to do like a thanks, you know, mm -hmm. and send it, and it says, sorry, can't send it. That's when I, oh yeah, okay, I need to go over to my computer, which is the only place that I send the email. Okay. So. so that could be a city policy, it sounds like a good one to help move people to their one item, but we don't have anymore. No, we have them. Yeah, we still have them. We have them. not being used. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're back here in storage. Trying to figure out an easy way for everybody so to access them. That was more user-related. Yeah. Well, we need to work on that. Device-related. <laughs> um, it would be so bad, much better. Well, it's instead just... Instead of driving it everybody, everybody to... Instead of printing 14 copies of a yeah. council packet. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would like oh, to see I, that. Yeah. Go away. Well, it focuses, like he's saying, it focuses all your communications into one location. Mm -hmm. So you you don't have all these different devices peeking and looking mm -hmm. and getting a little floppy. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't make any difference to you. Correct? Yeah, I mean, that's a city policy, however you guys want to handle that. But it doesn't change our end, No matter structure. where you send it from mm -hmm. or where you receive it at, we have a copy of it. Right. If it came through that email box. Okay. Now, not saying... We would ever get to this point, but just to chase this rabbit farther down the trail than That's we could probably cover here. <laughs> if a court gets involved and there's a council member or somebody has gone rogue and done some really awful, and a court issues a subpoena for you know devices and stuff like that, that's pretty much out of your realm. Uh, yes, I mean yes. Uh, any information that that we had that they like, if they said, "Hey, what devices did they have this on?" We would report what devices sure. we know because it is packed, right? Yeah. But I mean, as far as like you know, information or anything yeah. like that from the devices, I mean, we're not going to chase you down or anything. No. <laughs> well, that that becomes a long <laughs> yeah. right. Right. So that covers. Hey, you got device. bigger problems at that point, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> it's not asking you to worry about. So emails. You know, there are phishing emails. There's clickbait. There's spoofing. I know one thing that. A simple thing people can do is if an email looks suspicious, just look at the address it's come from. And mm -hmm. If there's an odd misspelling or an mm -hmm. unusual you know, suffix on the end, ignore it. Correct. Are you asking me for like general advice yeah. on what to yeah, do? Yeah, general advice on the um, Definitely. Don't open any attachments. I mean, links. Yeah. Anything mm -hmm. like that. 
So the biggest one that we've had running around here recently is someone saying, hey, I've been spying on you, blah, blah, blah. You know, send me some Bitcoin and I won't turn all these videos over. And so they've gotten really good with the wording is getting better. I mean, the first ones were like, that was not English, right? <laughs> and so now they've gotten better with the wording. And also they've started using like um, some stuff from the dark web. Right. I've been hit by some and they have an actual password that yeah. I've used in the past. Yeah. It's freaking so people out. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, and, and so, I mean, obviously if you get one and it has one password in there, <laughs> make sure. Because that is a leaked password and it's, right. it's the your real password. Make sure that you change anything that could possibly have that password. And in case anybody else has not already been hit by that, for them to hear that, I think would be very yes. helpful. Yes. So and, it, and it's it kind of just, shocking when it happens. Yes, and it is just a, a scam. I mean, they yeah. have not really actually hacked into your system or anything. It's just... Yeah, it's like when they call you and tell you, hey, I see your computer generating viruses everywhere. I need to log in and fix it. Yeah, I'm this. from Microsoft. We want to help you. Yeah, that did happen to one of our... Oh, it happens all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They yeah. call me sometimes yeah. from randomly. And, and, and the best way to deal with that is tell them, you know, I've got five computers. Which one's it coming from? In our house, we generally have a rule. If they call you, we go, okay, give us your number. We'll call you back. Right. Mm-hmm. That takes care was of Was that a so Seinfeld? What was that? When he kept getting the telemarketer calls and he said... Or maybe it was something It was Seinfeld, because he's like, hey, give me your home number, I'll call you you later tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I love that response. Yeah, that's great. And I've been telling people, at least, you know, for now, I mean, because there is so much of it going on. I mean, as your IT company, if you guys see stuff like that, you know, you can feel free to forward that to us at any point. We will advise you before you go further down the hole. Part of policy, Mm -hmm. if you see anything... Just forward it, you know. Don't click anything in the email, just forward it. You're not going to hurt anything by doing that. And then when Dave clicks it, he'll get the virus. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I'll test it. Don't you make a little box that we're looking inside? <laughs> Passwords, how about using a password manager? I feel that that's okay. I would prefer someone to do that than have a bunch of sticky notes all around their monitor with their passwords on there. Somebody I respect and trust a lot said he uses a password manager and the other IT guys he deals with, but within the city staff he worked with, what they found worked better was to just have them stick to a handful of passwords. So one thing, and, the, and they've recently come out and said, you know, that used to be like, oh, change your password every 90 days. Uh-huh. And now they're saying that that actually is less helpful than changing it once a year based on the fact that if you have to change it every 90 days, you're going to have a sticky note. Right, mm-hmm. right, on right, here because right. you have to change it every 90 days and just to make it a good password and keep that one for a year and then that way you don't have to have it changing all the time yeah. but aren't they suggesting pass phrases now more mm-hmm. yeah and the that's what I that's what I always tell yeah, people just link. make it a sentence mm-hmm. it doesn't have to have special characters or anything mm-hmm. just, just make it a sentence hard to track, right? well yeah well they're all yeah I mine are often Items, images, locations, things, numbers, etc. mixed in, mm-hmm. but then it makes a story in my head so I remember it, rather than random LQXXGRTV, you know, it's just like, that I'm like, oh gosh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I usually tell people, make it a sentence that you can remember, and it's going to be something easy, yeah. you know, it's going to be easier than some random characters and stuff that you're trying to Good chance for something inspirational.
Incredible. Today cool. will be a good day. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't my password. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write it down. Before. I didn't have a stinky note. Yeah, this is being recorded. <laughs> okay. oh, I forgot about it. <laughs> now, you, you mentioned attachments and links. So, in, under the heading of data handling, I have centralized on using Box and Dropbox for sharing files so that I'm not actually passing big files around and people can decide what they want to, you know, download to their device or they can just, you know, ignore my email and they have it added to the burden on their email okay. system. What are your thoughts on that? Two. One is that with your Office 365 account, you guys get a OneDrive account okay. that's attached to the email and is also part of that system. So any attachments that as a side note, any attachments that are received through the city email is kept as well. And those are searchable, like if someone does an open records request. That's part of that Not just the emails are searchable, but any attachments that have come in are searchable as well. It also backs up all of that, all those items that you use in your OneDrive. So if you had, if you were using OneDrive instead of Dropbox or Box, there would be because, I mean, if you're using that for city business, you just, that whole account is now mm -hmm. searchable. So your kitchen designs, all that that you've stored over there, are now city property. No. Not, not property. <laughs> no, but no. searchable. But, but, yeah, it's now subject to an open records request. Right. That whole account is. So if you were to use the OneDrive. Mm -hmm. That's another way of segregating. Right. Correct. And it's, it's attached to who's ever email. I mean, it's part of your email address, just like, you know, a login for Google or for Box or... You got one pane of glass you can log into to your files, like your that. email and everything. Okay. And I would recommend doing that. I mean... Sounds like a good thing to, to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so one thing that uh, you, you can't completely get away with it, away from it yet is so email as a service is not encrypted so you know like smtp is not an encrypted protocol correct right so if you guys are sending to each other it is encrypted and anyone so the new norm is everything is encrypted but if you send an email how that works is it sends it it tries to send it encrypted right by mm -hmm. default mm -hmm. but if the person receiving it does not have a means to unencrypt that email, then it will turn around and send it in plain text. And you so, can't control what they do on their end. Right. You, you know, I mean, you can't, if they are encrypted, they're encrypted. If they're not, you either can't send them an email or it's going to go unencrypted. Okay. Uh, so any kind of attachments or things like that, it would be better to share through a box or a OneDrive because it will always be encrypted that way. Okay. It forces them to access those documents with a password. Mm -hmm. And basically on a HTTPS website. So anything they send back and forth will be encrypted. And so when they get the document, it will be encrypted. That might be a good policy to adopt for city business. Yeah. Specifically only only uh, using the one encrypted drive. Mm -hmm. OneDrive. And, mm -hmm. and there are files. other mail solutions that we can do that are mail encryption, full-on mail encryption, but it makes things a little more complicated. Yes, it makes it more difficult on the other person's end. Mm -hmm. You know, like, then they got to sign up for an account and they've got to do all this stuff that normally 
So I'm thinking through my head that there are items that have been, I know that have been handled through Google Drive, but because that's not a city, the, the city's location through the Office 365 is the OneDrive. Yes. Google Drive would be have this, the same downsides as Dropbox or Box. It, Correct. It and it's not... Basically pollutes whatever that Google Drive is. Yes. Okay. And, and not only does it keep it separate this way, but it's also much easier for the request because it's all searchable in one spot okay. as well instead of, and again, relying on the honor system. <laughs> the last thing that I have is remote access. This is the, I, I think of as the coffee shop question. Is there a concern, and if so, what concerns, what measures should someone take if, if I'm at Blanco Brew, I'm on their Wi-Fi, and I want to come onto the city's website, is there anything I need to think about so the way your guys' stuff is structured no one has access like you're not going to go to the coffee shop and get on the city's data right you can get on their website right which we don't have i mean we don't do anything with the website right. i'm not sure it's a third party as well that it does like city it. websites i think yeah hosted yeah. by gov office right? yeah yeah it's like when wimbley has yeah but it's, uh -huh. yeah yes. it's kind of their job Yep. Yeah. So we don't really handle any like web security no, stuff or anything like that, or what documents get put on there, mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. There's no special concerns involved with it. Uh, oh, back to the Office 365. I was going to mention this as well. This is a common one that we've had come up as well on like the email spoofing. Is it'll be like, hey, here's here's a link to your document. And people will click on it, and it looks just like the Office 365 login page, mm -hmm. but it's not. And you put in your credentials, and it'll say something like down for maintenance or something like that. So you don't even realize that. It looks you, real. Yes, that you just gave somebody your credentials. There's no like, haha, we got you kind of a thing. Right, it's right, like right. down for maintenance. And then you just forget about it, but you just gave them their credentials, and they... Long and they start, they start putting rules in your email. You don't even see them. But if, if you go into the rules in your webmail, you'll see they, they put these yeah. rules in there. And so any mail that comes in with certain words in it automatically gets forwarded to them. You never see it. And so they're, they're funneling out your email in the background. You don't even know it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's scary. And until you, like, oh, what about that link I clicked the other day? Until you go in there and look, you'll never know it's there. Phishing is, is a big means of how they're doing it. Because mm -hmm. they know people are just clicking. Yeah. They're not thinking. They're not thinking. <laughs> In so life so and computers. <laughs> so, so it sounds like we need some education going on. Well, I think from what I've heard so far, yeah. Ed, mm -hmm. there, this, you know, from where we are now to where we want to be, a big part of that is human. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily data. That, that our own practices are as much as... It says that Correct. somewhere, right? I mean, humans are one of the biggest. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I was just I was at a security problem. security conference, and they were talking about she was the first chief information officer of the White House. Oh yeah, she's great. She was talking about somebody asked her like, "What percentage of of things that get hacked? What is what's the percentage?" And it was 80 percent. I forget the exact number. Is human and random. Yeah. You know, like she said, like it's not targeted whatsoever you know it's just like hey ooh, let's send out a million emails see who clicks yeah. and then you know like 10% of it was like more targeted attacks and then like five I don't, it's not coming out to 100 but it, like a really small percentage was like they were after a particular person right. it was not 
it's mainly the majority of it is just people being people. <laughs> Once they compromise that password, then what they do is they take it and say, well, where else does he use this? And they try, mm-hmm. you know, robots yeah. try a thousand other, two thousand other sites and then yeah. start wreaking havoc. And so it's, it's that one click, you know, you give them that credential. And there so is, there is phishing training. with the Yahoo breach a while back. That, that, that was the gift that kept giving. Yeah. And there is phishing training we can do. I mean, we can, we've got it set up for ourselves, mostly for, you know, yes, testing purposes, but I like to throw it at Tim every now and then too. But <laughs> they, uh, we have a system we can set up and, yeah. and bring your council members and employees and stuff into it to where it will shoot them random emails and say, hey, your American Express card's due. Click this link. I think that'd be... It's interesting to see. And then it reports back to the management or whoever and, and says, you know. Who clicked what? Yeah, yeah. Linda. Linda's definitely a threat. She's clicking everything. <laughs> you know, well, it's, it, it's it just like you know. there, there was that one company, they, security, that they went out and threw a bunch of thumb drives out in the parking lot. Yeah. And they, to see how many people would actually download them because they yeah. thought somebody had a free you know, thumb drive. Yeah. And, you know, it opened those things up. It's like, okay, there's ways to test it. I would love to give thumb drives out at conferences and everywhere else, but, but it is such a problem that everybody's scared to plug them in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Or next thing you know, you plug it in and you go to the internet and get a virus and you say, well, Casey gave me a thumb drive. He must have had a virus on it. That's right. right. Yeah. You can't, you can't prove <laughs> the Buy your own thumb yeah. drive. <laughs> <laughs> there are things we can do. And so, and so, one, it reports to the management on who may be at risk or should be talked to. And two, we can provide informational videos and training mm-hmm. and, and, and things like that. Yeah. You just touched on this. I, hadn't thought of this, but I've taken my thumb drive to go retrieve data documents from a FOIA request. Mm-hmm. And I plugged it in and downloaded the documents. Mm-hmm. And I walked away. So you're saying that my thumb drive could have been a compromise? That yeah, could be. Mm-hmm. Yes. Could yeah. be. I will let could them be. know. <laughs> Don't take my dang thumb drive. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, technically. And, and I'm going to bring up something, you know, like our copier in here. It actually has a hard drive that has everything on it. So when you go to the doctor and they scan in your information, and, and then and then when they you know get rid of it, chip it off, they don't clean those hard drives. So there's security issue. Yeah. Are you in control of no. our copier? No. no. <laughs> well, <laughs> that'd be my next comment. I was like, hey, uh, once we get rid of it in about three years, I'll make sure we pull the hard drive out. Okay. And I'm going to keep that sucker. <laughs> so that would be part of a policy project, mm-hmm. is, yeah. is to identify mm-hmm. the coffee maker. No, well, but, but you know, you didn't... No, you know, but I'm saying we're getting so technical. So many devices are enabled now. Right, but you yeah. have to think about when you go somewhere and you give that information to somebody, how do they clean that hard drive? Well, they run a copy of it. I ain't ever given anybody nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you leery. Yeah. Well, and that, I mean, a question for the copier company. Maybe you don't have to worry about that much. Do they encrypt that hard drive? Is that hard drive encrypted? My guess is no, but no, I mean, it's worth asking. But from a, from a objective for what you're thinking of creating some kind of policy for right. the city, right. I think we should think about language for this grand future where, you know, the doorbell is connected to the light switch. Mm-hmm. To the, sure. You know, oh, yeah. got the Alexa hanging around. Or... Yes. Video mm-hmm. and all that are just considered files. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're being treated the same way in protection, security, well, or no. no. Because it's a completely separate system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. different vendor there. Yeah. And our video is set up where it, we keep two weeks worth of it, and then it's wiped clean. And that's, so that's a completely separate service y'all have nothing to do with? Right. Correct. That video is 
in-house. But we can't access it, yeah, of course, yeah. Okay. We have to access it off the internet. And I'm just thinking of future, because we're now using audio recording. If the city went to video recording, that would become a file that would come, come under your purview, correct? Because it would be stored on official... Right, because right now our council meetings that are recorded are actually stored on our city files, which are backed up by them. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now the video here is not. That's that's a different. That's a security. That's right. just security. That's security. Okay. That's it's it. not an official city document. Well, somebody wanted to see who ran over something out here. If we had still had it for two weeks, to, for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Now you said something I want to be clear on. You said it it's in house, but you access it through the internet. Right. I think he means network. Network. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, means. network. Network, internal network. It's not, I don't, I don't know if your camera system is accessible from outside the building. I don't believe Well, but see, I, I do, I do actually go on. You could be at home looking at it. I, I can look at it on my phone. So that means I could look at it on my phone. If you had the password. Yeah. Right here. Do you want to borrow my thumb drive? No. <laughs> I'll, take phone, I'll take your phone, though. <laughs> who does, who does has, a, who does have access to the video system? I do. So, so as far as checks and balances and redundancy, we need to yeah, and then whoever that. the provider is, you know, they have our password and stuff to get in there. So there, there is a company that you know, hosts the video. I was trying to remember the name. It's audio video, but it's uh, not San Marcos. Yeah, I think the last part of that. Well, it's a, it's a long name. They were just here to get camera one going again. Automated designs, right? Automation designs. So Automation designs. Yeah. From a security point of view, it sounds as though we have different pockets of security based on the different makeups of those things. Is that something we can put under one umbrella? Would it be advantageous to do so? I mean, I don't know that it's possible to have everything with one vendor. To have one person that has all the information for that vendor or however you guys wanted this for that pocket of vendor. And there's no reason for us to have access to the security system. I mean, it's not anything Well, well I'm just saying in, in, the, in the idea of protecting this, would it be better to have one overseeing or is it okay that these, since they're very different functions, this is just, I don't know these things, so I'm asking. I'm going to give you a random answer. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the things that uh, she talked about at the security conference oh. was the fact somebody asked her, like, why is our infrastructure not getting attacked more? And that was her answer on that. It's because it's not one continuous system. It is all the time mm -hmm. getting attacked. But it's so disjointed, not by design, <laughs> just because that it makes it much more difficult for people to access okay. the system is because it's different yeah, yeah. vendors or different. So that answers that question. So it's, it's an accidental bad. feature, not a not right. a bug. It's an accidental perk. Right. <laughs> I appreciate your time. I um, I want to sort of close this out here. I think this is plenty. For now, and you know, the policy is not going to be written tomorrow. So uh, I would we'd imagine there's going to be need to, would be good. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. need to be some follow-up. Okay. We appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of Wood Creek Communications. 
I hope you'll join me in person for our next meeting at City Hall, Thursday, June 13th at 6.30 p.m. Our scheduled guest council member is Aurora LeBrun. Music provided courtesy Rand McCullough. The proceeding was an edited conversation. The Wood Creek Communications Council responsibility is not subject to the public meeting requirements of the Texas Open Meetings Act. Views, thoughts, and opinions expressed belong solely to the speakers and not necessarily to the city of Wood Creek nor Radon Tillett.